King's Pulse podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest, and safest way to bet on all things sports. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day all right around the corner, Bet Online has all the latest news, scores, and odds to help you win big. The best part? You'll receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Deposit $100, you get 50 for free. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your literal free money. Plus, signing up is a great way to support the podcast you're listening to right now, King's Pulse. Again, that is promo code BLUEWIRE, all in one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. There's no Rich on this episode. Sorry you guys don't get to hear how he is doing. But instead we get to hear how Sanjesh of Sacktown Royalty, I guess, still for now, is doing. How you doing, Sanjesh? Pretty good. Just one more month, and, you know, it will be the King's Herald from now on, so it's exciting times right now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this is the first recording since the King's Herald announcement, so everybody definitely be sure to follow the King's Herald, and that's going to be your way of keeping up with all the Sacktown Royalty guys when that no longer uh, remains a thing. But the the team that the King's Herald is covering, the teams that the King's Pulse podcast is covering, obviously... The basketball going on in Sacramento, I mean, the two games since the All-Star break is giving everyone a little bit of confidence here that maybe the playoffs are not a uh, out of the realm of possibility. And what did you think of these last two games from Sacramento, Sanjesh? It's been refreshing. That's the one thing I can really just come off right away with. Um yeah, I think the team definitely benefited from having that, like, the whole weekend off. And then, you know, uh, once the weekend is over, then you have until Thursday for your first game. And they came out way refreshed. And they played the real super team, just Young and the Grizzlies. And, you know, um, I think the real benefit, the real person who benefited from this whole break was Harrison Barnes. And that was pretty evident because he shot 7-for-7 seven seven from three in his first seven attempts through the first three quarters. Missed his last four, but, you know, uh, Barnes has kind of had an up-and-down season, just like the Kings in general, so it's not um, surprising. But he also, you know, was part of the USA squad in the summer, and I think, you know, with everything going on with the Kings and him having to step up with the more bigger role with all the injuries kind of took a toll on him, and then he comes back from the break, is out firing, and then um you had Harry Giles against the Clippers who had probably the best game of his career or maybe the best game of his career put the 14 points four rebounds six to ten shooting the game winning or the game stealing lob from Bogdanovich was a great thumper um I mean the Kings have just been giving us a lot of false hope this season so I don't want to jump on that ship too much just yet but it's been refreshing yeah, refreshing is definitely a good word there. Um, you have a really good point with the Harrison Barnes thing. I mean, he definitely 
uh, clearly benefited from that break. You know, being one of the older guys uh, definitely makes sense there. And then the L.A. game, yeah, speaking to your not wanting to overreact to it, like Sacramento played well. Uh, you mentioned Giles. Bazemore had a really good game in that one. He had a couple big steals and just – Recently, Bazemore's been amazing. His, def- his defensive energy and um, just seems like there's a different swagger to the team now. Almost reminds me of like Shumpert, almost in a way. The energy that he brings. When we had Chris Kirshner on, who covered the Haw- covers the Hawks, um, and is in their locker room, we asked him about Bazemore uh, when the Kings had first got him, and he said Bazemore was always the guy to be like, you know, we're this many games out of the playoffs, we can still do this. He was always the energy guy in the locker room, and I think that. Sacramento might be feeling that a little bit, but in this LA game, um, Sacramento played well and they had to, but to me, a lot of it was the Clippers really looked out of sync. Like this was the Kings second game since the break. Uh, and this was the Clippers first game, uh, out of that break. And, you know, they, they started, I believe it was one of 12 from the field. They weren't really hitting their shots. They fell behind early. Um, No Patrick Beverly seemed to, I felt like was a pretty big deal in this one when their closing lineup has both Lou Williams and Landry Shamit. There's a lot to attack there. Um, So Sacramento did a good job in this one, but I don't want to overhype the Clippers one all too much either. And then, I mean, you're still, what are we talking? You're five games out of, I'm sorry, you're four games, four and a half games out of this eight seed still, right? I mean, how much we, Rich and I have been putting percentages on it all year, chances of making playoffs. Obviously, it's been decreasing a couple jumps here and there, but like I was at like 5% last time we checked this. I mean, what sort of percentage do you put on our chance of sneaking in this eighth seed right now? Oh, that's going to be – it's going to be difficult. I mean, you still have to – like, you know, the Grizzlies might implode. Who knows? They, they just got smacked by the Clippers, you know, uh, not that long ago. and. Darren Jackson Jr. is out with the knee injury, and he's going to be evaluated in two weeks. But then if you take away the Grizzlies, you still have the Trailblazers, and they have Damian Lillard. You can never count them out. And then the Spurs have not missed the playoffs in so long. You can't count them out. And plus they have, you know, Coach Pop. You never know what he can pull out of his players as the stretch comes to an end. Um, you know, Zion, if the Pelicans are able to sneak into the eighth seed, and the Lakers remain as the first seed, then you have a Zion and Lakers matchup and or a Zion and LeBron matchup, and that's like the best one in eight combination you can get in terms of rating for the NBA. Um, if I can put a percentage on it, I I will probably give the Kings a ten percent chance to do it. I mean I don't know, you have so much that needs to go your way and for a team that hasn't had Things go their way for over 13 years now. I just don't see it. Um, if, you know, let's, like, say these next five games go the Kings' way and other, the other teams above them, you know, kind of have up and downs here and there, but the Kings, you know, can pull off some big wins, then those chances increase. But at the moment, then, at the moment right now, it's still 10%. You have to have a lot to go your way right now, and it really starts with tonight and beating a Warrior squad that they've beat before big times, both times, and you have to do it again and, you know, convince people that it's a possibility, you know? Yeah, we're recording this right before the Warriors game, and yeah, definitely, I mean, you have to come out and really 
destroy this Golden State team. If you're going to prove a point that you really are trying to make the playoffs, um, that's what you need to do. And and percentage-wise for myself, I'm still probably uh, like maybe a little lower than you, but around the same, like 5-7% still, you know. Um, it's not all too likely, but people are hyped on it right now. There's reason to be a little bit excited if – this is like it, it, it very quickly could become just not possible at all anymore. So let's enjoy it a little bit while we can here, see if they keep it up. Um, and I figured today we could sort of play with this idea of making it. And I, I think the way making it making it to the playoffs, I mean. Um, and I, I think the way to start is like how many wins do you think it takes to make this eight seed this year? Um, obviously the top seven are all set in the West, you know, Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Rockets, Jazz, uh, Thunder and Mavericks are locked in there as well. Um, so it's just that eight spot. And you kind of mentioned the teams you're fighting between Memphis, Portland, uh, New Orleans, San Antonio, Phoenix is in there as well. Um, even though they're sort of trending downwards here, but Memphis already has 28 wins, um, it, 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 would it take – the number I sort of came into this with was 40 wins. I, I think that's maybe the lowest mark that you could make the playoffs with. Maybe you could do a little bit lower, um, but that's like my lowest realistic. And that would mean Memphis, you know, going 12 and 13 the rest of the year. Um, does Does 40 wins sound about right for – what you will need at least to make the playoffs? Yeah, I think 40 is probably, like, the mark for the eighth seed. Um, yeah, because I don't see it being, like, it could be, like, maybe 37 to 40, but it's not going to be less than 37 because teams would really have to sync it up in order to make it to the eighth seed that way, unless, you know, you're the Kings and you shock everybody. Um, yeah, I think 40 is a good target mark. The Kings are going to have to play the best basketball they've ever had in – 13 years to be able to hit that mark. Um, I think they have the talent to do it. It's just a matter of they're going to be locked in and consistent on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, like, you know, you can't take games off at the moment. There's just no, you know, luxury room to be able to do that. Um, but 40 does sound about right. And I think, I mean, the, the chances are low, but there is a chance, you know, it's not completely out of the realm yet the Kings cannot hit 40. Right, and so, I mean, to get 40 wins, there is currently 26 games left. Sacramento's 23-33. and 33. They need to go 17-9 and nine the rest of the way, um, which is definitely lofty expectations, and you need Memphis to go 12-13, and 13, um, and you can bet your ass that Portland and New Orleans, like you mentioned, San Antonio, are all thinking the same thing, and they're closer to that. Uh, 40 win mark than than Sacramento is right now, but uh, maybe we can go through the schedule that they have a little bit of the rest of the way here and see is there really like if maybe if there's 10 games or more that we identify that you know they're probably going to lose these ones that it's less likely that this playoff chance is going to happen. I, I just kind of want to review these final, how many games we got? 26 games of the schedule. Uh, Tankathon has a strength of schedule, and they have uh, Sacramento is the 24th 
uh, hardest schedule, the sixth easiest schedule for the rest of the year. And, you know, Memphis has the hardest schedule for the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, maybe it doesn't look terrible for Sacramento, but you get if we kind of just look through some of these games and kind of see what uh, the home and road stretches are going to look like the rest of this year? Oh, yeah, I'm completely down, yeah. All right, so this next three, we got a little road stretch. We got the Golden State game we mentioned. That should be it should be a walk in the park, right? You have to win this game no matter what. Yeah, there's no excuse. If you lose this, then you can just say kiss the playoffs goodbye. But Right. Um, yeah, there's just no way you can lose to a team that's currently the – I mean, they're not going to be the worst next year, but they're the worst right now, and you have to put them away. Right, and one of the last games they're not going to have Curry. Um, you, you faced them the last game of the year as well. Like you have to take advantage of these really bad teams when you're chasing this. Um, and then the next one you got a the, there's this three game road stretch. You go Golden State, you go to OKC, and you go to Memphis. Do you have to win all three of these games? I mean, OKC is is really fighting for even potentially getting like the five seed in the playoffs. You feel like it's acceptable? Because, like, to me, you have to win that Memphis game. Memphis is your competition. You have to beat that team. Um, and it gives you the tiebreaker. On the year, they're 2-1 and one against Memphis. Uh, if you end up tied with them, you need that tiebreaker. Um, do you, would you agree that the Memphis game is a must-win one as well? Yeah, there's, there's no way around it. You have to beat the teams that are, like, you know, you're competing with. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to make it. Right. And then that OKC one, I mean, you think that – you can live with dropping that one. You're gonna ha- you're gonna end up losing some of them, right? Yeah, you might lose some of them, but if there's one that the Kings can steal away, it might just be the Thunder game because they stole one against them, or they stole one from them earlier this season when I believe they were um, in Sacramento, and the Kings just had no energy for much of the first half, and then all of a sudden they find a spark in a second, and they come back, and then you know Bogey hits that um, the game stealing shot in the final seconds, and they pull away with a victory. They can do something similar this time around in Oklahoma City, and that's going to bode well for them because you know obviously they can't lose more than nine in order to hit the ten mark. But this would be a good one to steal away and not have that added to your nine. Yeah. So then your next two games, you have really promising ones. You come back home. And so let's say for that road trip, by the way, like I'm going to write it as two and one. Let's say they drop that OKC one and uh, we'll just remember, have an asterisk on it that, you know, that that one's a maybe there. Um, But then you come home and you play Detroit in Washington. And like these are games you absolutely have to win. And the fact that you're playing these bad teams at the start and like you're saying, if you steal this OKC game and then the other teams you're playing, Golden State, Memphis, Detroit, Washington, like, you can steal all of these games. All of a sudden, you win five games in a row. Uh, counting the last two, you win seven games in a row. You have a whole lot of momentum going for you. Exactly, yeah. The Pistons, I mean, the Kings had their one of the most disappointing losses of the season to Detroit. Now's a good time for revenge. Um, the Wizards, I mean, no matter how many points Bradley Bill puts up, they're still not winning. So, yeah. um, <laughs> you can probably put that as a W as well. The thing, uh, one thing I also want to point about of the Thunder and Grizzlies games are that it's a back-to-back. So if the Thunder have a good, sizable lead against the Kings, the Kings might want to consider not going all out and winning that one in an effort to make sure they have all their energy needed to go against the Grizzlies the following night. Um, but obviously it would be a bigger steal if you can pull off both of those games as, you know, 
they'd done on back-to-backs against the Clippers um, the first time around when they played them. I forget the exact date, but they were on a back-to-back. Um, there was no Kawhi, but they still came into L.A. and then, you know, shut them down. Um, yeah, the, the Kings kind of scare me on back-to-back, so I'm not going to, you know, just say anything just yet. But the Pistons and Wizards are there for the taking, two, you know, low, lowly Eastern Conference teams. Got to take those two, especially since they're at home. You might as well, you know, mark those as W's too. But you never know because it's Sacramento. Yeah, um, I, I think that, you know, those first five games can kind of go into their own segment because then you really start to get into some difficult teams. So you need to – these next five games are when we're going to feel like, okay, is these are these playoffs really a possibility? Or if they drop three of these, then, I mean, you're, you're out of it, you know, um, because then right after this you're looking at Philadelphia, um, which is going to be – Obviously, a terribly difficult game in itself. Um, it, you really, I, I don't. You can get pretty close to saying that that's going to be a loss. Um, and then you play Portland in Portland, and then you come home and play Toronto on the next night. So, like, that's three games in a row that are looking really difficult for you there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it depends the version of the Seventy Sixers shows up. They've been kind of up and down recently, especially with all like the um, the whole Simmons and Bead controversy. But that's probably going to be a tough loss. But yeah, they still um, only have two losses at home, and it's in Philadelphia. No, it's in Sacramento, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, sorry, I read that wrong. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But still, like the Kings, I don't think they have you know the big men or the front court depth to be able to challenge unless they get some healthy bodies back by then. Uh, I mean, if Sean Holmes can come back, that'll be a big boost against Embiid, but that might be a loss. Um, I think the Trailblazers one, you kind of need to win that one, especially because um, they're currently above you. You have to take it from them, and if they do come away with a victory against the Trailblazers, it'll make losing to the Raptors um, you know, easier to take, especially because of the way the Raptors are playing. You think that the Raptors wouldn't be as good as they are without Kawhi, but obviously that's not the case. Um, Sure, it's you know, the Kings' home game, but kind of like the 76 ers one, there's just a lot of talent for those for those two Eastern Conference teams, and for the Kings to to take them both out, it's going to be a tough task to ask, especially on a back-to-back for the Raptors one. Yeah, that back-to-back uh, definitely hurts for that Raptors one, the fact that that, that is what they're dealing with there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, realistically, if you can go one of – you have to, like you said, you have to win the Portland game. Um, and then if you can manage to steal another one of those, like that Philadelphia one, um, I mean, yeah, you pointing out that it's on the road. Philadelphia, like I said, they're 27-2 and two at home, but they're 9-20 and 20 on the road. And like you said, what version is going to show up? They definitely dropped the ball um, many times this year that, you know, if things are going Sacramento's way, if, 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 if it is a streaking Sacramento, like we said, you win – you know, you either seven games in a row or six of seven going into Philadelphia, um, then you do have a good chance, a, a decent chance of pulling away with that one. Um, but let's say they go one and two in those um, to kind of lean on the safer side. We're already looking at, you know, two or three losses uh, and five wins. Um, and then you have the next three home games that you're looking at are New Orleans, another one 
that you are directly competing with. Again, I mean, you kind of you have to win this one, right? Yes, especially. I mean, it's going to be the only game the Kings have on ESPN this season. You might as well take that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'm and literally just every Zion game is on ESPN this year. So yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a pretty important one because you have to stop Zion and you can't let Lonzo Ball go off because he's as streaky as they come. Brandon Ingram's going to be a tough guy to stop, but um, the Kings hope for a little bit healthier by at that date as well. Um, but again, the Pelicans are currently above the Kings, and you need to be able to take every victory you can against the teams you're fighting with. So hopefully, that is a W. Yeah, that's a good point. I uh, totally failed to mention that the reevaluation date for Rashawn Holmes is March 3rd here, which would be right before that Philadelphia game. Um, it's just going to be – and that's just reevaluation. It doesn't technically mean he's back then. Um, but, you know, the fact that they have fairly easy-looking schedule before Holmes returns, if he comes back and provides them a little bit of spark um, for this little tough stretch that they got going with Philadelphia, Portland, Toronto, New Orleans – um, yeah, that would be extremely helpful there. And then two more um, home games here of Brooklyn and Dallas. Um, I mean, how do, how do you see them faring when you're talking New Orleans, Brooklyn, Dallas throughout those three games? How do you – I mean, you need to win, you know, like – it being realistic, like two of the games, I mean, obviously you want to win every single one of them. It's not going to happen. Um, but re- what do you think that they end up coming away with when you're looking at New Orleans, Brooklyn, and Dallas at home? Well, I hope they beat the Pelicans. And I'm pretty sure that's pretty possible, especially if they get homes back by then. That'll help them counter down a little bit more. Um, if they can pull off the Pelicans victory, then I, I think they can take away the Nets this time. Especially because that's my birthday, so I'm hoping for a Kings win. And last year when they played the Nets in Sacramento, we all know what happened, but D'Angelo Russell is no longer on the Nets, so that's you know one less takeaway. They're not going to have Kyrie Irving again this time. Um, but you need to win that one because the Mavericks are going to be way tougher with Luka Doncic, of course. And I think, I mean, there's a chance the Kings can take this one because we've seen them take a game in Dallas without De'Aaron Fox, without Marvin Bagley. And the Kings need to be much energized with this one. De'Aaron Fox needs to be able to control the game. Um, and again, like they have Rashawn Holmes available for this time. It's going to help tremendously. Um, my best bet, I mean, I don't know if you can go 3-0 and like as a guarantee in this stretch. Obviously, that would be the most likely option, but or the most you know satisfying option, but Two and one will probably be my guess. If you can beat the Pelicans and Nets, but you lose to you know Luca and Mavericks, then I'll be able to take that one, I guess. Yeah, I, I would think the same. I, I'd probably go two and one here, and then you know you're sitting it based on what we've said so far. It's seven and four or eight and three, um, and yeah, I mean this again. This this stretch that they have coming up, these next five games are what feel like are going to be the big difference here because that could get you a lot of momentum um, and then that makes the rest of these games a lot more possible. Um, And then you go on one of the last two road trips of the year um, in Houston. It's a difficult one, obviously. Um, And then you're in Orlando. And then the night after, you're in New Orleans. Um, 
And then last game of a road trip in Cleveland, you have to mark that up as a win if you're really pushing for the playoffs here. Uh, last games of the road trips can be tricky, obviously, but, um, I mean, yeah, when you're when you're fighting for it there, you really expect them to be coming out and making sure that they're coming out on top of that one. But Houston, um, I mean, I'm pretty much going to call that one a loss. There's a chance they they sneak that one away. Um, but Houston has their own little bit of battling and reasons that they want to win this game for their own seeding as well. Um, so, I mean, Houston, Orlando, New Orleans, like, it, I mean, there's a lot of times where they're playing, the Kings are playing these other teams they're battling with for the playoffs. You know, we've already talked about playing Portland. We've already talked about playing uh, New Orleans. They're about to play New Orleans again in the schedule that we're going through here. And we're at just about the end of March, but, when you're talking uh, at Orlando and then at New Orleans on a back-to-back, you feel like they win one of those games? I think they can beat the Magic. I'm not so sure about a back-to-back in New Orleans. That'll be tougher. Um, I hope there's one more, uh, be at least the game winner in him in Houston this time. What's interesting to me for this one is that this is going to be I believe this will be the first time the Kings play the Rockets with the whole small ball lineup that the Rockets are now, you know, rolling out with. And I feel like the Kings are well equipped to try to combat, you know, their whole small ball lineup thing. But just a matter of the Kings can slow down Russell Westbrook and James Harden because that's ultimately what the Rockets are built on. Um, and I feel like the Kings, some of their best games this season um, have come from, you know, having Barnes playing at center. Like, you know, when they played the Bucks in Milwaukee, and Barnes went out to play the center, and they were able to come back in and make things tough for the Bucks. There's not a lot of teams that have been able to say they can do the season. Um, so I think the matchups will be interesting this time for the Rockets, especially now you don't have to worry about Clint Compella with the lobs and the rebounding. You can just focus on, you know, maybe having Barnes at center against P.J. Tucker and then surrounding the rest of the court with Fox, you know, Bogey, Buddy, etc. cetera. Um, that's going to be an interesting game. I think you can take the Magic and get some revenge on them in their home for this time around. The Pelicans, I I think it kind of depends how well they do the next few games for me to say whether they're going to win or lose this one. But right now, I'll probably mark it as a loss. And then you have to beat the Cavaliers in Cleveland. I mean, no matter – I mean, you have to beat the Cavaliers no matter what, like either if it was Sacramento or in Cleveland, but you can't lose that game. Um, three and one would be the best option. Either you lose the Rockets or you lose to the Pelicans. Either or is fine. Losing two games out of this four stretch will probably make it tougher, depending on how well they do leading up to that stretch. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I'm probably going to mark this one down at two and two. Um, same with like a that OKC game that we kind of said early on. Maybe we'll say that there's a possibility. Uh, and, and I mean, we're being fairly optimistic in this, obviously. Like, not extremely or any way, but I, I think that. I mean, we're talking about if they really are making a strong push for the playoffs. They have some momentum after those first five games. Um, so, say they went two and two in that. We're looking at nine and six now. Um, so you're you're needing eight and three the rest of the way here. Um, and and obviously, you know, there's there's some variability. You mentioned Sacramento playing good against Houston. I mean, they play up to their competition. They play down to their competition sometimes too. Um, so uh, obviously there's variability to all of this. Um, but then you look at a little, what do they got? Six game home stretch here. You have Atlanta, 
um, that should be a win. Uh, just the same thing as Cleveland, that should be a win. Um, Indiana, that's, that, that is a tricky one. Um, they're similar sort of skill level that you're talking about here. Um, I mean, I- Indiana is more skilled, uh, to be fair, actually. Um, but I don't know how much they're really going to be fighting for seeding. Like, they're going to be pretty close to locked into this sixth spot. Um, I think that you could steal one against Indiana here. Yeah, it would be nice to get some revenge on them from the last earlier the season. I mean, Indiana, we've just dominated Sacramento that time out. But, um, yeah, largely it depends on if this, if this refreshing Kings team at the moment continues it up and, you know, builds some momentum. And I think this time around they can take it against Indiana, kind of like how they did last season. They just split the season series. It'll be ideal if they can split it this time around, too, because they're going to need it. Yeah, um, and then you come up against, again, a team that you're fighting for these playoffs in San Antonio that you just you have to come up on top of this game, um, especially when you consider that your next two games are, they're both home, but they're against both of the L.A. teams. Like, this is a tough home stretch that they're going to have um, – that, you know, we mentioned these five games at the start as kind of a way to build up momentum here. Um, but this home stretch, if they're still in it at this point, could be really make or break here. Um, and, I mean, if you go, shoot, if you go three and three, uh, even throughout this stretch with the projections we've had so far, um, you'd have to pretty much to get you'd have to go four and one the rest of these games to get to that 39 wins that maybe gets you in there um but i mean when you're talking again atlanta indiana san antonio uh clippers lakers and then cleveland um i mean what do you think three and three four and two um i think they take the hawks let's say Mm -hmm. they split the season series against indiana this time the Kings are better than the Spurs. They've I can't I so game where the Kings blew that lead with about a minute remaining, a little bit more than a minute remaining in the fourth quarter in San Antonio. That game, uh, imagine if they had that game back. But um, I think they beat the Spurs this time. They've been better than them. Um, I mean, they've been better than the Clippers in LA for twice this year. But it depends how healthy the Clippers are going into the game because one game they didn't have Kawhi Leonard, the next game they don't have Paul George and Patrick Beverly. So there's some variables there. Um, the Lakers are always going to be an interesting one. Um, maybe there's a bogey game winner in him again. Um, and then I think they defeat the Cavaliers. So I'll, I'll mark it as they lose to, I mean, the optimistic side of me says they go five and one, they lose to the Lakers, but the best way for the, or the most reasonable way, maybe, I guess, could be they lose to both LA teams, but I think they take the other four. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's optimistic here, but yeah, I mean, it's really that Indiana game that I guess, uh, I mean, Indiana and San Antonio, like I see them probably dropping one of them, um, but, but we'll continue forward with a four and two here for you, um, and then that has them at, uh, let's see, Four and they need to go four and one the rest of these five games in order to get uh, 40 wins to see 
uh, we'll, we'll get to what everybody's agreements were if they got to 40 in a second. Um, so then they have a little four-game road trip at the end of the year. They play in San Antonio, which with only five games left, this is going to be a ginormous game, assuming that San Antonio is still in the race for the playoffs as well. If they're not, then maybe this is a little bit more of an uh, easy game, but you assume this is going to be a huge game at the end of the year, right? Early April. Yeah, exactly. I remember last year, too, like there was a big game between the Kings and the Spurs where when the Kings were still in the playoff race, um, well, both teams were in the playoff race, they had a huge game later in the season that, you know, the Kings really needed to win. I don't remember if they did or not. I don't think they did. But um, this time around, it would be nice to take that victory, especially because there's games against the Nuggets and Lakers that are coming up. You really can't afford to drop a game that you should be able to beat. I mean, they should be able to win. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then you play at Minnesota, which, you know, I I mean, there is some danger to that if if maybe they are rolling a little bit, but you really, I I mean, you need to be beating Minnesota Um, at this point in the year. You need to be taking advantage of that. And then you play the the Nuggets in Denver, um, which is going to be a difficult game. No no questions about it. I think Denver. Um, is still probably going to be fighting for seeding at that point. Um, if they're not, then maybe you get lucky and they're resting some guys. Um, I, I don't quite know if they do that three games before the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that is going to be a really rough one here. But then you have a three-day break, and you play in Los Angeles, second-to-last game of the year. and to me. I mean, the Lakers are going to be the one seed. Like, I, I think there's a good chance they're resting guys, right? Maybe, because it depends really on the seeding, um, like you said, with the Nuggets and the Lakers, because currently they're, you know, the number one and number two seed. Lakers currently have the advantage, but the question remains, will they still have the advantage, you know, um, when they play the Kings, as well as will the Nuggets be in contention for the number one seed, possibly, when they play the Kings? So, um, there's variables to that as well, but I would I would say that the Kings probably dropped the Nuggets game because that's just going to be a ridiculously tough one to win. Um, at least from looking at it at like on Feb- in February twenty on February twenty fifth, it's going to be a tough game to win. I don't think they beat the Lakers though. I mean, unless the Lakers are resting players, which they might need to do, then there's a wide open chance for you to take that one because you know it's a back to back right after that when they play the Warriors, but. If the Lakers are not resting their players, then I don't think the Kings will be able to take that one. It'll be too tough. Yeah, I'm going to say I think there's a good chance the Lakers are resting their guys. And it's it's actually funny. I was going to say that, you know, Denver, Denver's five games behind L.A. I don't think they're catching them, but that's exactly the exercise that we're doing for the Kings. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a good chance that the Lakers are uh, are – holding on to uh, that one seed, and, you know, you you hope they're resting, guys, then. Um, and then that Golden State game, it's a back-to-back. You're coming back home, but you're only coming from L.A. Um, you really hope that you're, you're able to beat Golden State. They're going to have Steph out there. Um, so that's a little different. Um, but last game of the year, um, if if the playoffs are riding on this game, you would really expect Sacramento to be able to come out on top of that one, um, 
And, yeah, I mean, even if you drop two of these games, then you're looking at um, a 16-10 and 10 to finish the year, um, and we're talking about 39 wins, which, I mean, like you said at the top, I think makes it somewhat possible to be sneaking in here. But, I mean, so, like, the main areas that I think – from doing this that, like, I've identified is especially these first five games. I I think these are going to be, like, obviously it's also just the most recent, the quickest thing that we're going to see, but I I think that they have to win four, at at very least, they have to win four of these next five games. Golden State, OKC, Memphis, Detroit, Washington. Um, and, And then you have momentum that hope, that allows you some hope to steal the rest of them. But these next five are a huge portion of games for me. Yeah, if we could probably revisit these, like, you know, after March 3rd um, to see where the Kings are still at. But the only game they can really afford to lose is Oklahoma City because they're the better team. Um, I think the Kings are better than the other four teams they're going to be playing against. Um, obviously, their record may not indicate they're better than the, the Grizzlies, but. Um, I think they're – that's going to be a tough one, but I think they can do it. And to go 4-1 in, in these next five games are going to say a lot about what we're going to hope to be optimistic about, you know, come March 5th when they start playing the 76ers. Right. And then, I mean, the tough stretches that you kind of look at um, are that uh, – Hmm. I mean, yeah, right after those five games, like you said, the Philadelphia um, and then Portland and Toronto back-to-back are mm-hmm. definitely some tough ones you're looking at. But that's, again, I mean, I think if you're riding the momentum, um, then I think that those get a little bit easier. Um, and maybe Rashawn Holmes is coming back, gives you some energy um, if that is happening at that point. Um, and then, I mean, the uh, another big... Uh, telling moment is going to be this little four-game road trip that they have. I think that, you know, when they go to Houston, I, that's going to be a tough one. I kind of have that one marked as a loss. But then um, Orlando and New Orleans on a back-to-back, like if you – there's a real chance that, you know, they drop both of those and that just turns out really poor for them. Like every single game uh, obviously is, is a big deal for Sacramento down the stretch here. So if you – that that's a – tough back-to-back that's against good enough teams that they realistically could drop both of those, and that would really hurt their chances here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Um, I do think they beat the Magic, though. It's just a matter of will they beat, you know, Zion and the Pelicans in New Orleans on a back-to-back. That's going to be the biggest question for me. Yeah, and is there any other stretches here uh, that we kind of went through that really, like, stand out to you as, you know, some of the more difficult ones or ones that they really need to win here? I think the most interesting one, if the Kings are still in it at this time, is going to be, or yeah, will be the final three games, I'm going to say, the Nuggets, Lakers, and Warriors, because let's say the Kings are in it with some games to spare, and they, you know, drop the Nuggets and Lakers games, and, you know, the their playoff, let's, you know, just be crazy for this one, let's say their playoff hopes lie on winning the Warriors game, in at home, you know, for the final game of the season, that's going to be a really, like, you know, fun one to watch. Um, but other than that, I think the four-game stretch against um, 
the key or the four game stretch against the 76ers, Trailblazers, Raptors, and then the Pelicans. I think that's going to be the most important one because that's when the schedule gets a little bit tougher. And how do the Kings play against these tougher teams? We will yet we will find out. Um, especially if they let's say they go four and one in the next five, and then they come into this four game stretch of tough teams, and let's say they come out three and one and only lose to the Raptors, then you know everything is looking kind of bright at the moment, but. I think that's going to be the most important stretch to see if we, if our hope is false or not. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's totally fair. Um, and you know, they have six games throughout this against teams that they are directly competing with. Um, you know, they have two that they're looking at against New Orleans. They have two against San Antonio, um, and they also have a game against Portland. Um, I'm missing another one here. The Grizzlies, I think. The Grizzlies, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they hold a lot of their own fate in their hands. I mean, and if if you're winning out in the sort of way that we kind of laid out here, I mean, it's not like you're expecting the other teams to be absolutely terrible. You're expecting them to be about 500, which is what they've been most of the year. Yeah. And I think, like, out of these six games where they played the teams that are currently, you know, above them or fighting with them, I'll be content. Well, I think it's really possible they can go 5-1. and one. You know, they beat the Spurs twice. They beat the Trailblazers. They beat Memphis. And then they fall um, one time against the Pelicans, which is that back-to-back game after Orlando. Um, it's possible to lose both the Pelicans, but it wouldn't be ideal because the Kings are what? Are they two games behind New Orleans? It has them a uh, game and a half behind New Orleans. Oh, game and a half. Yeah, so you really don't want to lose both to them. Um, yeah, the game, they really need to win the first matchup. Um, that's going to be on ESPN. And then the second one, I'll be fine if they lose that one. But it also depends on how they're doing against everybody else as well. Yeah, this New Orleans one is going to be really interesting. I think New Orleans is the team that's really going to be surging um, and also racing for this eight seed. Memphis has a really tough schedule ahead of them, um, and no Jaron Jackson's gonna gonna hurt them there. Uh, Portland not having Lillard for a while and just being completely injury uh, injury ridden. Then yes, San Antonio and New Orleans I think are the two teams I'm kind of uh, eyeing as the other ones that uh, Sacramento is going to be battling with here and to be playing them so much um, they they control a lot of that, um, but. Yeah, so we need, you know, you need 16 and 10, 17 and 9 the rest of the way here. It's definitely possible. All starts uh, tonight in Golden State. And like we said, these next five games are huge. Need to win at very least four of them. Um, all of a sudden you have uh, seven games in a row or you have six out of seven and things are looking really good and you're optimistic you get Rashawn Holmes back if you can steal a game against Philadelphia or against Toronto. Um, you're feeling good, and there's a real a real possibility here. But again, I mean, like we said at the top, we got like a 10% chance of this really happening. Um, but it's fun to kind of go through and see how it could work for the rest of these 26 games that we're looking at. But um, to close this one here, Sanjesh, I wanted to ask you, so you do the post games for – Stacktail Royalty, soon to be King's Herald. Um, you do a amazing job on these. 
but how do you like how do you recall all of these things that happened and put them in there? Are you just taking crazy notes during the games? Um, it's it's just I have good photographic memory, so I remember plays and I do when I do the quarter recap sections, I write up the I write it up quarter by quarter as soon as the quarter is over, and okay. then um, the game summary I usually like to start off the recap. Usually it takes me like two minutes to do as soon as the game is over. Um, and if the game is not like if the game is out of reach for either side of the opponent, like whether the kings are blowing a team out or whether the kings are getting blown out, then the game summary is usually done like during the fourth quarter because there's not much to summarize in the final minute. Right. Um, and then uh, all the like the best players and like the notable stats stuff that I do come after the game, but it doesn't really take me that long because I kind of already know what I want to write about. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely smart to write it after uh write it after every quarter. I, that that makes a lot of sense to me there and yeah, I mean jealous of a photographic memory. That that would be definitely helpful. <laughs> I can't focus on anything to save my life and remember anything. It helps <laughs> it helps in so many ways. <laughs> I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, I'm sure. Um but yeah, I think uh I think that is gonna do it, man. Is there anything else you wanted to get in here before we wrapped it up? Um no, I don't think so. That's all. All right. Well here's hoping to seventeen more wins on the year. Um and who cares if they don't win one against the Lakers in a playoff series? If they get to that playoff series, we will just all be so psyched. And you know what? They'll steal a game. Why not? I mean, let's say they do do it. They do make the playoffs. I think, I mean, if they get swept, I don't care because they made the playoffs. But if right. they win one, then I'm just going to be, like, completely brag about it for however long I want to brag about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I will just talk so much shit on the Lakers. And it'll be so pathetic. <laughs> like, the Lakers, I know. all Lakers fans <laughs> will have, like, the greatest argument. Like, wow, you're so hyped over one playoff win. You're like, damn right we are. Yeah. Can't take it away from us. You know, we've been waiting so long. I mean, exactly. we might be waiting even longer if they don't hit the mark we're hoping them to hit. Yeah, need things to go right right now. So, and, you know, there's a chance they can. Uh, again, I'm going to highlight these next five games. A lot needs to happen. Please don't. Please don't just come out and shit the bed and go on state tonight. Um, yeah, they got to kick it off tonight on a good note. Blow out this Golden State team. Um, this half of a G League team that Golden State's rolling out there. So, But that's going to do it for this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. Thank you, Sanjay, for coming on. Um, and thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. Hear from us again in the next couple of days.